Hi friends, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. And in this week's episode, I am sitting down with the CEO and founder of one of my absolute favorite food brands in the entire world, Simple Mills. Simple Mills was one of the very first products I tried when I first started my food blog five years ago now, over five years ago now, and I have been obsessed since then. This is back when they only sold baking mixes, and I remember making these like delicious, funfetti cupcakes out of their vanilla cake mix, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever that they were made out of all healthy, gluten-free ingredients that I'd use in my own kitchen, like almond flour and sweetened with coconut sugar. Simple Mills has continued to innovate over the last few years, and now they make a variety of product lines, all of which are gluten-free, like their almond flour crackers, which come in these like farmhouse cheddar flavor. And you guys, if you loved Cheez-Its growing up, I can assure you these are for you. They are absolutely amazing. They also have crunchy and soft-baked cookies. I love using the soft-baked cookies for like an ice cream sandwich. They are amazing. And they have these new veggie pita crackers that have like no flowers in them. It's have like sweet potatoes and like it's just unreal to know that I'm eating a cracker and I'm giving it to Ezra and there's like vegetables snuck into them. It's they're delicious. They also make organic frosting, snack bars, and their products are just truly a staple in my family's everyday life. Myself, Jordan, Ezra, my parents, my brother, everyone. Not a day goes by that I'm not eating like something from Simple Mills. And I promise I am not just saying that. They are such an amazing, amazing brand. I also use them in recipes over my blog and Instagram each month, which you guys know I've made paleo bagels from their pizza mix, Oreo whoopie pies sandwiched with their organic frosting in the middle, gluten-free fried chicken in my cookbook using like crushed up crackers and so many other recipes that I will link to over in the show notes. You guys can have super easy access to them. And as a mom, I cannot recommend their products enough. And no, I promise this episode is not sponsored by Simple Mills, although we do partner for other things on my podcast and blog and Instagram, I truly love supporting businesses that I just love and believe in. And being able to bring on Caitlin Smith, their CEO and founder, was such an incredible experience. I have known Caitlin personally now for years. And in this episode, she shares the journey of starting Simple Mills and so much more about the behind the scenes that you guys are going to absolutely love. I linked to some of my favorite Simple Mills products in the show notes and on my blog shop page. So such an easy reference for you guys as well as some of the recipes if you guys are itching to cook or bake or anything after listening to this episode. Huge thank you to Caitlin for taking the time to chat, and I cannot wait to hear what you guys think. If you enjoy this episode and the podcast, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share the episodes you're listening to over on Instagram and tag me and our guest. I absolutely love seeing that. It also just helps me to know which episodes are resonating best with you guys and what you're loving, what you're enjoying. And if you feel so inclined to leave a rating and review, that would be oh so appreciated. Thank you all so much for all of the podcast support always. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. And before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Spindrift. Now, if you guys follow me over on Instagram, you know, for the last, I want to say like three, three years or so, I have been partnering with Spindrift, which is a dream come true. They are my absolute favorite sparkling beverage. We pretty much go through, if I had to count, I want to say about 10 to 15 cases per month. 
I'm not kidding. Jordan and I drink one to two per day. My father-in-law pretty much has an IV of Spindrift in his arm at all times. He loves it so much. But what we love the most about Spindrift is it's simple. It's simple. It's to the point. It's sparkling water with real fruit squeezed into it. There's no natural flavors. There's no artificial anything. Like natural flavors, you don't you don't even know what they are half the time. And I just love what they're doing. And it's absolutely delicious. You almost feel like it, like I, the lemon one is my favorite one. And when you crack open a can, you take a sip and you truly think it's like seltzer with real lemon squeezed in because that's what it is. It's awesome. The pineapple is brand new, which is amazing. The half and half is Jordan's favorite. My personal two faves, pineapple and lemon. Jordan loves half and half. We also love using the lime. You can mix it with mocktails, cocktails, anything you want. I link to it over in my Amazon on my shop page, but you can also snag it in most grocery stores. It's also in like Sweet Green and Kava and all those like fast casual restaurants too. So definitely check them out if you haven't already. And now let's dive into today's episode. Thank you so, so much, Caitlin, for taking the time to come on the show to chat with us. As I was even like telling Jordan, my husband, that I was talking to you this afternoon. And I'm like starstruck that I'm getting to speak with like the CEO and founder of like truly like one of our favorite brands in the world. Um, oh my gosh. I, I feel like the feeling is completely mutual. So it's funny, like so many of our team members have been like, Rachel was the very first person who ever got me into clean eating. And oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to do the podcast with her. So <laughs> the feeling's totally mutual. <laughs> be so happy. Thank you. Well, it's funny because I was, I like to do like a deep dive on my relationship with the brand, like before like coming on. And I've literally been partnering with you guys since 2015. Like. <laughs> That's crazy. Wait, when did you start? No, I'm interviewing you, but like start like blogging? Yeah, I, I don't know like actually when you started. Was it 2015? Was it like 2013? Yeah. It was 20 March of 2015. February, February, March is 2015. And then by December 2015, I was fired from my job, which is what led me to this full time, which I... I was not in a position to do this full time financially. I collected like unemployment and stuff to like hold me over. But I mean, that was back when like Margaret was running like the influence, like influence Margaret wasn't even a thing. But I remember her sending me, it was like the banana bread mix and the vanilla cake mix. Were those like two of like the first products that you guys ever had? Yes. Yeah. So our first, well, our first things were the muffin mixes. So the banana, the chocolate and the pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Watch you guys grow from like the big, it's just been so beautiful watching you guys grow. And they're like fueling so many families and people with like the best ingredients and just making it feasible for so many people to eat healthier, but not sacrifice the flavor for, for their health. So just first of all, thank you for everything that you've done. And I mean, I personally know a lot about your story, just being like a groupie of yours, but I'd love to rewind, what is it, probably like six-ish years now and kind of start from the beginning. So where did you go to college? Like, where did you graduate? What was your first job? Yeah. So, so I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, went to UNC Chapel Hill. I double majored in business and biology just because I was fascinated by both. I had no idea what I was going to do with both those things, which 
which we can talk more about that because I, I actually do think it's part of what dovetailed me into Simple Mills. But, uh, but just really enjoyed both those areas. My first job was actually working at Smoothie King, <laughs> which I loved. Still one of my favorite jobs that I've had to this day. But as we know now, uh, all that sugar is not that great for you. <laughs> and well, actually, I have to say, technically, my very first job was in the third grade. I, um, I started my first business selling house plans to my classmates for 50 cents a piece. Oh my gosh. How, like what kind of house plans? Uh, so they were very creative. I mean, I love architecture. Um, okay. I'm actually in the process of renovating my, my house right now, personally. But no, I mean, it was, it was everything from like, I had like a clown house. I had a, a house that was like on top of a river. They were very creative that stage because why can't you have a house on top of a river, right? Exactly. You're a very creative architect. <laughs> yes. Very entrepreneurial from a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was always in my blood, you know, just kind of in retrospect, I don't think there was ever going to be a world where I didn't end up starting a business of some shape or form. So how did you evolve? Like how did Simple Mills evolve? Like, do you personally eat gluten or grain free? Like what made you want to like start baking mixes? Also, did you bake growing up? Like, did you love to always cook and bake? Like was food a huge part of your, your like daily life? Yeah, I, baking was not, was not something I did a ton when I was growing up. I did enjoy cooking and learning how to cook, uh, but it was actually my sister who was the baker of the family. And I, I actually think that served me really well when I started Simple Mills because I came in with a complete beginner's mindset. Like I had no idea how you bake a normal muffin. And so things like, why can't you make a muffin out of almond flour? Didn't really, it wasn't a huge question to me. I was like, well, let's just see if it's possible versus saying, well, of course you have to make it with wheat flour because the gluten creates the structure and yada, yada, yada. So, but why baking mixes? I mean, I think that I had gone through kind of my own health journey where I cleaned up my diet. I took out a lot of the processed food, a lot of the sugar, as I'm sure many of your listeners have. And I realized just what a huge impact that has on, on our well-being physically, emotionally. And as I looked around, I realized that food was just affecting everyone around me. So my family, my friends, a lot of people who kind of on the surface appear healthy. I'm like, I know that people can't see me, but I'm like, I'm like a hundred pounds. I've like always been like a hundred pounds. And so this idea that like, oh, just because I'm a hundred pounds doesn't necessarily mean that I'm healthy too. And, and so I, it was just this big realization that the food that we have been feeding our, our country and our families um, have been making people sick. So like all of these autoimmune diseases and anxiety and depression, and I just realized how it was all linked together. And so I started thinking about like, okay, how do I change that? How do I help be a part of the solution and make things different for the next generation? And so I actually brainstormed like a whole bunch of different things. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go and get my master's in public health. Maybe I'll start this natural food company. And the original idea was really let's, if I start this natural food company that makes things out of nutrient dense ingredients, that makes it easier for people to eat healthy, then people will eat differently. 
And so it was really kind of almost like a meal kits idea. I was like, well, maybe I'll make like a sauce that goes with salmon. So it's really easy to like bake up salmon at night. And then maybe there will be a meal kit that involves like a bread mix. Uh, (laughs) And so as I was working on all those recipes, the bread mixes and the muffin mixes are really what started coming to life the fastest. And yeah, so that's, that's, that's how I ended up in baking mixes first. Well, the thing that I love about what you guys do the most is that I don't like, like, I don't mean like this, this, this disrespectfully, but I don't crave products that are like infused with weird things or like very crazy and over the top. Like my favorite products are all like the basics, just like made better. Like your farmhouse cheddar crackers, like literally are Cheez-Its. And like, it's great because I love them. I eat them every single day, but I also give them to my son. And like, even like the brownie mix, like it tastes like Duncan Hines to me. It really does. Like, I'll never understand how you made that happen, but like, it just tastes good. It's just like simple and it's just simple ingredients. And like, obviously that's why it's called like simple, simple meals. Although I know you had a different name with simple involved too in the beginning, right? Like simple food or was it? Yeah. Great memory. So, uh, I originally wanted to call it simple foods, which Thank goodness I did not get my way on that one. <laughs> what ultimately pushed me to Simple Mills was I went to get the domain name, so like simplefoods.com. And it was, I guess, like back in the 1990s, all these people bought up these websites, right? And they just hold them until someone wants them. And then they try to sell them to you at a crazy markup. And they wanted $3,000 for the website. And I was just like, I can come up with a different name. <laughs> Yeah. And Simple Mills was $14.99. So sounds like a bargain in the scheme of things. That's perfect. So yeah. speaking of that, like, how did you, that was the first thing you did, you found a domain name. Then what did you do? Like, did you have any, you obviously didn't have experience with like retailers or getting a product into stores. Like what was the first thing that you did? Like, do you have a advisor or a counselor or some that you seek guidance from for this? Yeah, I think that the, the important thing is having advisors for for the stage and the problems that you're facing at the time. And so for me in the early days, one of my greatest advisors was a friend of mine who was working on starting a natural food company himself. And so he told me about contract manufacturers, which are basically like manufacturing partners you work with to, to manufacture the product, which is how... I'd say like the vast, vast majority of natural food is made. And he told me how to do that. He told me kind of about the different like FDA regulations and the different state regulations, um, how to register a business, all of these things that I needed to know how to do right then at that stage. You know, as you encounter different stages. So like later on in the business, like one of the things that's been really I think just a huge like learning experience is something really important for our organization to grow has been my ability to develop my leadership skills. And so, for example, I use a, I use a professional coach for that who's actually worked with me since, I guess, 2014. So we've been working together for six years now. But it's like it's about finding the experts or the people who can help you with what you need to know at that time so that you're able to accelerate your growth in that area. That's kind of one of my like recommendations for aspiring entrepreneurs. It's like find someone who's at like the stage right above where you are because they can tell you how to work through the parts you're going through right now and they remember how to register the business or whatever it is you need to know at that time. 
Yeah. And it's almost like now, like, I'm sure you're able to pay that forward. And like, you probably are able to like help advise like other brands that are like just starting off. You're like, I fit in your shoes. I know what to do. Like, not what, know what to do, but I have an idea. Like, here's what I've learned. And I think that's what's amazing about like the healthy food and like beverage space, like in this natural product space is that all of these brands, you guys are all linked together. Like everyone has like friends that like seek help off of one another. And I think that's like such a beautiful part of it. When, who was the first major retailer that picked you guys up? Whole Foods. Man, and I didn't even think we were ready. So I was calling up my local Whole Foods store just to see what the process was to get into Whole Foods. And I talked to the, the buyer at that store and he said, well, just come down in here and present. And does this Wednesday work for you? And <laughs> I was working full time in consulting at the time. So I was working essentially two jobs and traveling four days a week. So I was like, well, Wednesday doesn't work. How about Saturday? (laughs) Just like, sure, whatever. Yeah. Come down on Saturday. And I baked him up some muffins. I brought him a mix and he was just, I think floored that the almond flour could create products that taste like that. And, uh, he was like, man, we sell a lot of almond flour. Let's do this. I was like, wait, really? What? <laughs> That's crazy. That's like every brand's dream is to like go in there and like have something like that happen. That's so cool. And were there any like competitors in the market when you went to launch? Like any other baking mixes do or anything similar to what you were doing? I I wouldn't say so. I mean, there were like a couple gluten-free options. So I'm trying to remember the names of like gluten-free bakery. They, I think they might've been acquired. No, I don't know if that's true. Uh, <laughs> but gluten-free bakery, uh, Glutino, Pamela's, but no one was really using nutrient dense ingredients or doing things in like a grain-free manner. Um, so it's like very much the early days of, of people eating this way. Yeah. I mean, when you look, like compare your ingredients to another product, there aren't like other grain-free mixes, especially that was what intrigued me about you guys in the first place was I would make my own like paleo banana bread, but I never knew that you could like buy a mix for that, like that did half of the work for you. What was the most challenging part of what's been the most challenging part of like growing your brand over the last, is it like six years or so? I can think of it. Yeah, uh, seven or eight now, I guess seven's been in stores and and eight since I kind of first registered the business. But most challenging part, I think, is we hire, myself included, people who are really passionate and excited about making an impact. And we want to do everything. <laughs> like we want, we want our products to be everything. We want to have the largest impact possible. Um, so we have all these ideas, all these products we want to launch. We we really shoot for the stars when it comes to like our ingredient decks and what like our number one ingredient is. We are like really looking at how we can make the most positive environmental impact as well. And so we just try and bite off everything, which results in just, I think people being a little bit overwhelmed because we try to do everything. And, and so we, we really have to prioritize. And so we're in this constant, I think, like battle with ourselves over like, but everything's important. <laughs> yeah. 
are you like the type of personality or I'm assuming that you are, but like, you know, you just launched like the veggie crackers, which I still don't believe that there's actually vegetables in those. And are you like already on to the next thing? You're like, okay, those are already out in the market. Like what's coming out next? Oh yeah. I mean, we're always, we're always working on something else. And then we're also always working on just continuing to make the, the products that are on the market even better too. So like more consistent, making sure that the flavor is lasting as long as possible. So it's, we're constantly working on these things. I mean, you should see like our R and D projects. We probably have like, you'd never guess like 60 of them. Oh my God. <laughs> I want to be on that team. That's so cool. That would be like a, that's literally a dream job to just like, <laughs> like pretty cool and bring them, bring them to life. What's been like the biggest, like out of all the products that you've launched, what's been like the biggest surprise and like, like it really resonates with consumers. You're like, wow, like I didn't know if that was actually going to be as popular as, as it has been. I mean, honestly, the almond flour crackers were that way. They were just kind of, they were something that we played with, which I think a lot of great ideas come out that way. I had taken our, what was it? Our vanilla cake mix home. And I just kind of sheeted it out into crackers and put them in my oven. And I was like, wow, this tastes really good. (laughs) I feel like if you use the vanilla cake mix and did that, it would be like almost like a cinnamon toast crunch you can make out of it. Yeah, it's it's pretty delicious. <laughs> Inspired by you, a cinnamon toast crunch from the vanilla cake. <laughs> those, I mean, those crackers are truly like my ride or die. Like they're always in my bag all of the time. Like anytime I'm going to my parents, my mom's like, what do you want? I'm like, just get the sea salt and cheddar crackers for me. And like, she knows like simple meals, like it's not even a question. <laughs> they're so good. And like crushing them up, I actually make my oven baked fried chicken from my cookbook with the crackers. And it, I made them for like Hoda on the Today Show. And she was like, these are actually like made from gluten-free crackers. And she eats all gluten-free. You got to send her some more product for you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because like she would like she like is very socially picky about like what she eats and like everything. And she like could not get over it. And I was like very specific that it had to be like certain brands of crackers and blah, blah, blah. But it's they're also just so versatile. You can scoop them and snack them. You can eat them plain. You can crush them up and use them as breadcrumbs. They're they're amazing. No, what is funny you mentioned that? I actually just a couple of weeks ago made uh, out of our new pita crackers that actually made imitation Chick fil A. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, I'm going to have to send you the recipe. Say <laughs> that because before this, I always recipe test until like one ish, like Eastern time. And then I do podcasts like later in the day. And I just made a fried chicken sandwich today for oh one of the recipes on my blog that's coming out next week. So it's so funny. What is the most popular baking mix that you guys sell? Like the, I like flies off of shelves. I know they all are like delicious, but like what's really like the consumer favorite? It actually really varies based on channel. Online, the bread mix does really well, for example. The other one that's kind of like, it's almost a sleeper that does extremely well. Like people are diehard over it is the pizza crust. Because it's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's actually my favorite baking mix. Um, really? And sometimes I just even like make it up without any sauce and just kind of use it and dip it in marinara. Yeah. I make like garlic like breadsticks with it because it's so good. You can just, I dip it in pesto, I'll dip it in marinara sauce. It's so good. I also like Ooh, make eagles out of it. That's the most versatile mix I have like ever used from you guys. I love it so much. 
So what made you make your like home for Simple Mills in, in Chicago? So you're from North Carolina. Did you, were you working in consulting in Chicago? So I had moved up to, I guess right after starting Simple Mills, I moved up to Chicago to get my MBA, uh, Chicago Booth which actually I never finished it just because the business got really busy. So I only went for about a year. But at that point, I was I was living in Chicago. I was building the business in Chicago. And I had just kind of this day where I woke up and I had, I, had, I think, hired our first three team members. And I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, I live in Chicago. Like, I didn't even make that decision. And I'm not moving to Chicago now. <laughs> Which is what happens when you're building a business. It's like everything else is just like flying by around you and you don't even notice. <laughs> you're just like, must build business, must build business. <laughs> Are you happy that you, that you like, I guess like fate set you out in Chicago then? Do you think that that was the best place for you guys to incubate? Yeah. I mean, it was just, um, it was a great place for us to start. And, and also the, a really great market for talent and consumer products. Like if you think about it, you have all these large consumer products companies there. So you've got like everything from like PepsiCo, Kraft, what have you in Chicago. And a lot of the people who work in those four walls are having similar realizations that you and I have, which is what you eat really matters. And so when you reach out to them and you're like, Hey, you can come over to the right side. Uh, <laughs> literally in your case, the right side. <laughs> and what the, the yellow, we have to talk about the yellow cause you're wearing yellow. And I wasn't even going to ask this question, but you have like yellowish walls behind you. <laughs> you're wearing a yellow shirt. Everyone knows you guys at Expo, Expo East and West, like for wearing like your yellow sweaters as you could spot a simple mills employee from a mile away. Has that been your favorite color? Like what inspired that? It's a happy color. Like tell us. You know, it's funny because when we were thinking about brand colors back when we were doing the brand design and brand work, we couldn't pick a color. And I was like, man, every, all the colors are owned by a specific brand. And so it didn't even seem like an obvious choice. But the design firm we were working with actually presented all these different themes to us. And the ones that we naturally gravitated to were sunny and bold. But that just really is like, it embodies the brand of like sunny and bold. And so that's what they use to design our brand, our packaging. But it's, I think that they're built into that. There's like, there's optimism. It's about what food can do for you versus, versus like what's scary about food. Like it's a very optimistic message. I also think there's like a boldness to doing things differently. So yeah, I, I think if it's our if it's our brand perfectly, and it's ha- it's an inviting color. I they always say that if you like paint your kitchen yellow, it's like more inviting and friendly for people. I remember hearing that when I was little, and it like really stuck with me. But every time you guys have your booth, it like reminds me of that like warm, welcoming kitchen that that I always thought about. Oh, that's awesome. Most of your staff is also, most of them are women, correct? So you hire mostly females around your team, which is something I think is so freaking cool that like you are like running shit over there and you're a female CEO and founder. And do you like realize what you're doing for young girls everywhere? Like you're such an inspiration by doing that. Oh, that's, that's really nice to hear. It, it is something that means a lot to me. I don't know. I just really believe that women can be a lot more powerful than a lot of times they think. Like as, as women, we 
oftentimes won't do things unless we're like 150% qualified. They've done studies on this. (laughs) And so we always believe that we can do less than we can. And I think if there's one marker that determines what you can and can't do, it's your belief. That's like whether you can't, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And so it's, I think, on all of us to provide really great examples for for the next generation so that they think that they can have a really positive impact on the world around them. No, I think that's amazing. What's your least favorite part of what you do and your favorite part of what you do every day? You know, honestly, one of the things that I have, that I've learned throughout building the company is just how much I love the hard things and how much those are a driver of happiness in people's lives. That having something really difficult to work on is it really creates meaning. And so I've learned to really appreciate all the things that are hard about the job. So it's like when you don't know the answer, when you're trying to figure out how to, you know, build the organization to the next level, which is not easy. I had a advisor when I was starting the company who told me that being an entrepreneur is one of the most downwardly mobile professions out there. (laughs) Because if you're doing it right, the company grows faster than you can grow. And that's true for, it's true for you, it's true for your team. And so it's on you as a leader to make sure that people are growing and developing as fast as possible and to really build the company for the next stage. And so that's been a huge challenge throughout our history, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Other things that I've really enjoyed, I mean, are watching our team grow and develop. I guess that's kind of the same thing, but it's been really rewarding just to see the people in our organization grow and change and and even just enter different life stages too. I mean, no joke, three weeks ago, we had three babies born in one week. Oh my God. And these are people who like have gotten married while they've like met their significant other. They've like gotten engaged, like gotten married all while working at Simple Mills. I'm like, how cool is that? <laughs> it's amazing that they also stay. Like the turnover rate at some of these brands is like definitely quick. So the fact that they're like staying and like, for the mission in and of itself just says everything that you're like there to see all the life events that's so beautiful yeah one's <laughs> like home too I keep joking to like my friends that are pregnant who are very nervous for good reason to like have a child now like it's almost the best time because you all are home with your families and like you know when I had Ezra Jordan went back to work after 10 days like yeah. that was horrible like I, I wish that I gave birth this past March it would have been great to have him home for like six months you know now, what are some of the next products that you have coming out? Like, what are some of the new things that you can share? Or if you can't share, that's okay too. But. Yeah, so um, so I alluded to, or I think you alluded to actually, the pita crackers, which we just came out with, where, where vegetables are the number one ingredient. So the number one ingredient is a mix of, of sweet potato, parsnips, and celery root, which was, by the way, something that was very difficult for our team to get vegetables as the number one, but it was really important to us. It was like, it has to be something that really helps people get their veggies and not just like something where it's like, oh, you get a little sprinkling. <laughs> no, like, um, you don't even taste it. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. You can make the most nutrient dense, nutrient rich product in the world, but if it doesn't taste good, people are not going to eat it. And that's the objective. Like we want people to eat food that's good for them. 
Um, so finding the combination of those two things is, is hard, but, uh, but yeah, so that we also just in general are really interested in the wide variety of flowers out there that can drive nutrient density. So like you've seen us use, um, and those crackers use vegetable flowers and other crackers we're using like a seed flower blend and another one we're using almonds. And so we've got some exciting things that will be coming out using some additional creative flowers. So you'll have to wait and see what those are, but. (laughs) Are any of them going to be nut free? That was one of the most commonly asked questions on Instagram that like, please make a nut free product for like, I guess like certain kids who like have an allergy or stuff from mom. So fingers crossed, maybe some of them will be nut free. We shall see. We shall see. (laughs) Categories in the market that you feel like are just still untapped or like haven't been made better for you at this point that you don't think that you would ever end up doing like that we would never do Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. for example like a like a nut milk I'm just making like there are like solid options out there for from some brands but are there any categories you're like I wish someone would do this I'm just not gonna be the one to do it or maybe great question I don't know I'd have to think about that I have been just really impressed with some of the things that have come out in recent in recent years, like on the nut milk topic, I've been so pleased to see Elmhurst doing like zero gums, shelf stable almond milk. I'm like, go you guys. <laughs> it's almost like, how are you doing this? Like, it's like, it's so, those are the things like I like, it's so simple and like to the point of what we want. Like, I wish every brand was doing that. Like, everything that we can pronounce in the ingredients is like the way to go. Same thing with like Spindrift. That's why I love them so much because it's just like, sparkling water and real fruit juice I'm like that's it there's no anything else in it no flavorings no nothing um yeah what is one of your like pet peeves like ingredient pet peeves that like a uh, new products launching and it's like all the rage it's so healthy but then you look at the label and you're like this is disgusting like what oh my gosh the, the high intensity sweeteners we've gotten so high on them I'm like, <laughs> and, and there's a lot of dispute about whether or not they're good for people especially as you speak with dietitians, And honestly, I, I think my perspective is like, if I want something sweet that I will eat sugar, but I'm just going to use, use it in a conservative manner. And so I, I do get bummed by the, by the number of products that come out that I get really excited about. And then I turn on the label and I'm like, oh, stevia. <laughs> stevia and like monk fruit definitely have a hit or miss like audience. Like you either you're fine with it. Like I'm personally okay with it just because I used to be a binge diet soda drinker. So for me, like anything that's not Splenda and Aspartine, I'm like, that's fine. But it's something I have in moderation. Like I probably have something that has stevia monk in it maybe a couple of times a week. It's not like a daily occurrence, but my husband like cannot tolerate much that has stevia or, or really much or if anything that has stevia and monk in it, like it leaves a really bad taste in his mouth. Same thing with my mom. But for me, it like doesn't bother me. Like I can just yeah. keep it, but I think it's so different. And there's like no, there's been no evidence on like, if it is good, if it is bad. And I feel like we just don't know. Um, but yeah, there's definitely uncertainty around, around those ingredients for sure. How has COVID affected the Simple Mills business? Like, has it been hurtful, beneficial? Like, how have you guys been doing in this during these times? Yeah, so I think grocery's been highly impacted in general by COVID, as we saw with very long lines for the grocery store and everyone's habits, I think, are changing on almost a monthly basis right now, right? 
So first, everyone was afraid that they weren't going to be able to get food and <laughs> toilet paper, paper towels, which was actually valid. I still can't find paper towels half the time. <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, we definitely saw some like some large spikes, um, a lot of activity in baking mixes um, as people were baking more at home. We also saw several of the retailers, um, their foot traffic drop as people were like, you know what, I'm just going to buy my groceries online and then saw a corresponding spike in, in e-commerce. So, so e-commerce has been huge for us during this time. And so our team has adapted really, really well to it and like focusing more and more on e-commerce and, and digital and making sure that consumers are able to get food through those channels. So making sure that we're staying really stocked up and and that we're not in danger of going out of stock there and are able to deal with um, what swings in demand. But no, I mean, overall, like it's, it's been a time that's required uh, a great amount of flexibility for us as a business, which the team has dealt with, I think, just extra- extraordinarily well. So when Simple Mills is looking to hire new employees, like what do you look for in new employees? Because you apparently have like a big groupie fan base that a lot of people ask how you, they can get a job with you guys. Yeah. So I think a number of different things. So drive. We, we hire people who are driven, passionate. Self-aware is really important. We all have kind of like our own little quirks and things like that. It's it's the self-awareness about those things that really matters. Strong communication skills, being able to not kind of talk with other people and talk with other people candidly, being able to check your ego at the door, being able to deal with ambiguity. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> it's things are always changing. Yeah, those are some of the things. I mean, I think that anyone would like dream to come work with you and especially taste all the products. I would love like an insider's seat to like be on that R&D team. So if you ever need anyone, you just let me know. (laughs) Will do. (laughs) I have five questions that I conclude like all of my interviews with. They're like not fireball because they're not that fast, but like they're fireball. Fireball The first one is, what is one wellness trend that is a pet peeve of yours? High-intensity sweeteners. What is one wellness trend that you buy into? Trying to figure out how to get more vegetables in my diet every day. I love that. Well, you guys even like snuck cauliflower into like the pizza mix, like before that was even a thing. Yeah, it's honestly, there's so many opportunities to just throw vegetables into the food that you're eating. Um, It's actually been one of the things that I've been kind of perfecting during COVID is all the different ways that I can cook vegetables on the spot without other ingredients, like sautés or like with a quick dressing and put it in the oven. It doesn't have to be that hard. Oh, I love that. You guys have to do like a zucchini carrot muffin for me so I can like make that. Mm. But if you make that, I want like... Full credit. (laughs) (laughs) By Rachel Mansfield. (laughs) That would be the dream. If you weren't running shit at Simple Mills, what would your other career path be? I think I might be an architect. You designed the office in Chicago, right? I did, yeah. I remember yeah. that. When you were growing up in North Carolina, what was your go-to fast food chain and your favorite order? Ooh. Now you have to keep in mind that this was before before I cleaned up my diet. So question. Don't worry. It's a fun one. (laughs) Uh, So Chick-fil-A and oh my gosh, I love Smoothie King. (laughs) 
I have never had Chick-fil-A, by the way. I have to get it. Oh my gosh. I know. There's there was none in my area though. I grew up in New Jersey. Like if yeah. you, do they have them in New York now? They have one across the street from Jordan's office. So he had it for the first time and I'm going to try it at some point, but I said that I'm going to wait till Ezra wants it and I can eat it with him so we can have it together. I like weird train of thinking for that, but everyone who has grown up in the South literally gets the same, the same place. So one day (laughs) it is your last day on earth. What are you eating from breakfast through the end of the day? Hmm. I love in the morning, like a great, uh, just eggs and hash. So just dice up some potatoes and some onion, put it in the oven, fry up an egg with some hot sauce. That for breakfast, for lunch, I'm kind of weird. I like soups a lot. So probably some type of soup. And then for dinner, I love sushi. So probably like a shirashi bowl or something. Nice. I haven't had sushi in my family forever. I'm like so particular about the sushi that I like won't eat it from just anywhere. And there's like nowhere around here. Like Wait, what's your go-to dessert? You have to name it. That's my favorite meal. Go-to what? Dessert at the end of the day. Oh, dessert. Huh. Such a good question. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I, I actually don't eat dessert that often. Uh, that makes me sound like cookies for me and you both then. Your crunchy chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> uh, but actually, because I don't want to sound like a crazy person, I you know what I do really like doing is I like taking our chocolate chip cookie mix and just mixing it with some like vanilla extract and some like some oil of some kind. I like algae oil. But mix that together and eat it like cookie dough. <laughs> That's a really good idea. I love yeah. that. I'll have to try that. I don't have algae oil, but you're the third person this week that has brought it up and it's only Wednesday. So I kind of need to pick that up. It's supposed to have a really high smoke point, the same essentially fat makeup as olive oil and, um, and it's really sustainable. So it's like all the boxes. Oh, and it's neutral. It doesn't have any flavor. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's going to be like a 2021 huge product then if I've heard it this many times in like the last couple that's so weird you know, to that. well Caitlin yeah. thank you so so much for coming on and chatting with us I can't wait for everyone to hear from you the amazing creator behind all of our favorite crackers and cookies and baking mixes and whatever is coming in the future thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure of course thank you